Today's episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Arena Australia. Arena are the very best swimming brand in the business, whether you're after the best race suits, racing training goggles, training aids, or even team gear for your clubs. Arena Australia are the way to go. If you don't believe me, just look up on the blocks at the finals of most events at either nationals or international events, and you'll see the Arena logo front and centre on the fastest swimmers' race suits. They just are the best. Head over to arenaswimming.com.au right now for all the latest sales and discounts, and let them know that Off The Block Swimming Podcast sent you. Take your mind. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two one hundred in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a metre on Van der Nurgen's hand. But the symmetry of all eyes is the great Madame Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. Oh, he's coming back. Oh, he surely can't do it to him again. Chavis in the white hats, Dots in the black hats, and Dots is Wallace. I cannot believe he's done that. Dots in front, Dots in the hall, Dots goes in. Australia win. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Off the Block Swimming Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Cox, as I introduce our very special guest today, you've heard him on the Shannon Rollison podcast, stats guru, Mr. David Clark. David, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Robbie. Yourself? Yeah, mate, I'm good. I'm good. Two coffees in. Um, I've got a bit of a sleep in on a Thursday morning, so I'm always a bit more sprightly on a Thursday morning. So, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, and obviously, as a, a very quick introduction for David, um, for anyone who hasn't heard um, the, the Shannon Rollison podcast, when we did the history of the Australian Championships and also the history of the World Swimming Championships, and David um, is, as I said, the swimming stats guru. He, he's, he's very well accomplished in terms of knowing the stats on, on all things in swimming. Um, and also we're about to talk about his in, involvement and role with the Channel 9 commentary team and, and helping provide them with all the information. Um, and as I said, go back if you haven't listened and do yourself a favour and listen to the, the history of the world champs and the history of the Australian swimming champs because um, some of the the interesting facts and some of the things that David throws out is absolutely phenomenal. I always leave, uh, you know, a lot more knowledgeable about swimming. So uh, I love any time I get to sit and chat with David and pick his brain. Um, so, David, mate, how, how's your week been? So, obviously, for the listeners, we're going to talk about uh, the world champs and and David's involvement. So, you know, with all for all the people and the punters watching at home. She was a long week because we weren't finishing watching till about 11, 11.30, but you were in there and having to, to do it all with the commentators as well. How, how was your week? Uh, it was, uh, look, it was a terrific week. Um, any swim meet like that, and I've, I've done a few now, is an enormous amount of work. Um, you know, you, you, you start your day, you know, around about 8.30 in the morning and you're finishing around about midnight or even, even 1 a.m. So that huge days. And the funny thing for me about it is, you know, you, you, you get used to that uh, regime as, as the championships go, uh, go on and you get, you get to day eight uh, and you think, you know, this is terrific. I, I could keep going for another week. I'm, I'm all good <laughs> on, on four or five hours uh, night of sleep. And then it stops. And then the following day, the Monday, you just fall in an absolute heap. 
Yes. Uh, and uh, you're just absolutely stuffed. And I, I look, I, I think I was, I slept for about 13 hours for the last uh, couple <laughs> of nights. So I really only, only just emerged. But uh, look, it was a, a, it was a brilliant week of uh, it's very, very successful championships for Australia. And um, it was an absolute privilege and a joy to be part of that broadcast and part of that historic broadcast. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I, you know, I commented to you during the week of, um, you know, the world champs in terms of the commentary. And, um, you know, as I said, for anyone who doesn't know, David works um, closely with uh, Channel 9 at the moment, but it's, it's normal, more often than not the host broadcast. So whoever's looking after the swimming championships or the Olympic Games or whoever got swimming uh, and bringing it to you guys at home, David is more often than not behind the scenes helping with information and, and, and giving them all the stats and, and the history of swimming to, to help them. Um, so, you know, with the Channel 9 commentary team, I think, you know, they did a, a fantastic job. And Matt Thompson in particular, um, and I've, I mentioned to just this to you privately, um, I thought he did a fantastic job of just showing his enthusiasm, his passion. You could see it. One of my favourite commentators of all time when it comes to swimming is Ray Warren. And the, one of the main reasons, not just because he, you know, his docile tones and his, his amazing voice, but because he loved swimming, right? So he, he would always get up and he would call them home like, you know, they were his own children, really, especially <laughs> his favourites, you know, Susie or whoever it was that were his favourites. And I just got a glimpse of that from Matt Thompson this week that, you know, he was definitely really loving and enjoying it. So that must have been fun for you, David, being a part of that team with some um, with that much enthusiasm behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah for sure. And um, as um, your listeners will know, Matt Thompson is, you know, calls rugby league. That's his main gig for uh, Channel 9. Um, he did his first uh, swimming commentary was last December at the World Short Course Championships, and that was when I first uh, got, got to uh, meet him, and that was his first swim meet. Um, and, look, do you know what? I've never uh, seen a, a, a commentator take to a sport so quickly as Matt, and he absolutely loves the love loves the sport, and um, and uh, he you know dur during the week when the world record line came up on the screen and an Australian was in front of it, Matt Thompson was on his feet, absolutely you know screaming and uh, you know cheering the Australian swimmers on. So uh, look, he's he's a terrific um, terrific broadcaster and a and a consummate professional as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, look, also along uh, alongside Matt uh, during the week, as you know, listeners uh, would have heard, was Jean uh, Rooney and Ian Thorpe. Mm. Uh, again, you know, two very well elite swimmers, of course, but uh, consummate professionals in terms of being expert uh, uh, commentators. So you know, they, I, I guess, you know, add that um, you know context of what they see on the screen in terms of the. You know, technical aspects of uh, of the races and the swimmers. You know, their starts, their turns. You know, the disqualification of Kaylee McEwen, for example. They mm. uh, talk all about that. Um, and um, and uh, yes, yeah, so, so they were the expert commentators. Uh, there was a fellow called Tom Decent on the on the pool deck. Yeah, so who, so, yeah. Who was he, David? I, I know a lot of people have asked me, and um, I, I'd never heard of him. I, he did a good job. He did. Um, I, I can't say I picked the eyes out of it and sat there and thought, oh, this is horrible. Like, he, he did a good job, but I, I'd never heard of him. Mm. So, so what happens is that, um, is that uh, uh, World Aquatics uh, provide a uh, host broadcast fee. 
Yes. And various countries, such as Australia and the USA, where swimming is very popular, uh, they decide uh, uh, that they want to, I guess, you know, provide their own sort of overlay, if you like, on 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 the coverage. So yep. they will often uh, provide their own commentators, as in the case of uh, Channel Nine, uh, and they'll also have a uh, a pool deck interviewer. So Tom's job uh, was to interview the all the Australian swimmers uh, on pool deck uh, after their races, uh, and um, you know, not just you know, not just winners or medalists or anything like that. Uh, and look, it's one of the. I've got to say, it's one of the tough, toughest jobs uh, there is. Uh, you know, you only get to uh, uh, you know ask a couple of questions. But you know, if an Australian swimmer has uh, just missed out on a medal, or they've just uh, you know had a terrible swim, uh, you know, it, it's it, it's pretty tough. Uh, of course, it's much easier when they've you know when they've just won gold and been very successful. Uh, but he. Um, you know, he did a terrific job. Uh, again, uh, first time on pool deck. Tom's actually a journalist uh, with the Sydney Morning Herald yeah. uh, and does swimming. So, you know, he, he does know his swimming very well. Uh, but this was his first time on pool deck. And I think he loved absolutely every minute of it. If you if you followed him on, uh, on, on his uh, Twitter or Instagram feed, um, you know, he was posting uh, regularly on that. And, um, and uh, I, I think he's absolutely, absolutely hooked now. Yeah, no, he did a good job, and you're right. Like uh, what we do here the, with the podcast is sort of I always call it like verbal tennis. You know, I'd come up with something, hit it back to you, you hit it back to me. But when when you're in that uh, line of work, it's you've got to come up with a question on the spot in the heat yep. of the moment based off what you just seen, knowing that you've got however many people watching at home. You don't want to sound silly. You don't want to sound like you're getting it wrong either. So um, that's why, you know, it's a tough gig. You're absolutely right. And I thought he did a good job. I'm not saying he did a PB, but he, he did. Um, I, I thought, you know, as I said, I didn't leave that week going, oh, who, who was that guy? He did a good yeah. enough job to get through that week. And uh, well done to him. Ellie Cole was also on on the broadcast yeah. with um, Nick McCarlough, yeah. is it? She, she was, yeah, Nick McCardle. So, so, so Nick McCardle uh, is on the hosting desk. Yep. And uh, he, he did that with Ellie Cole for the uh, first four days. I think she was uh, uh, she was there for She was off to uh, Trinidad and Tobago for the Youth Commonwealth Games. Uh, yes. uh, she's an ambassador for the Australian team. So uh, she's a, she was involved in uh, she was involved in that. But yes, Nick uh, uh, worked with Ellie on the hosting desk and also, uh, you know, did some you know, analysis uh, and re reflection on, on the events, a, a preview of each uh, day's events uh, with uh, uh, Thorpe and, and Gian as well on the on the hosting desk uh, in the studio. Yeah, well, mate, as I said, congratulations to all of you guys. Um, I thought it was a, a phenomenal week, especially behind the microphone and with the coverage, um, you know, as as is the nature of, you know, what happens on TV, it can be scrutinised at times. There's been um, commentary teams and coverages that I think have been sm slammed and smashed in the past, but I, I can't imagine anyone slamming and smashing this one. I thought it was fantastic uh, that you guys did a great job. And is, 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 what's the what's the vibe like moving forward, David? Is the Olympics, is, are you heading to Paris? What, what's, what's the GO in, in 12 months' time? And oh, how do, well, I, and how do yeah. I get amongst it, David? I mean, I can jump <laughs> on pool deck as well and do the after-race after commentary as well if, if people need me. I'm just saying. 
Yeah, no. Well, look, I'm I'm not the person that makes uh, those big uh, big decisions. Uh, look, um, uh, look, I don't know. Um, I'll I'll certainly put my hand up uh, for Paris. Uh, uh, I'm uh, you know almost certain they'll they'll use the same uh, commentary team uh, and 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 uh, you know production team that they used uh, this time this time round. Uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic Olympic Games in Paris for the Australian team, especially coming off the back of what we what we saw in Fukuoka. I think everybody's going to be really looking forward to it. Uh, funnily enough, there is a World Championships coming up in Doha next February, uh, yes. which is uh, kind of a bit of an odd, odd one out. I'm not sure that Australia will send a strong team uh, to Doha. I think, the, I think uh, Rowan Taylor was saying they'll give the Australians who were in Fukuoka the option to go to Doha, uh, and if they decide not to go, you know they'll they'll uh, fill in with um, other uh, other swimmers who've performed well over the last uh, few months and leading up into into February. Uh, but yeah, but Paris, I think, is going to be a uh, fantastic uh, Olympic Games, and certainly, you know, based on what we saw in Fukuoka, Australia should do very well. But having said that. The US have got a habit of not performing that great at a World Championships the year before an Olympic Games, and then coming out and smashing it at the Olympic Games. So we 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 shouldn't get uh, uh, we shouldn't get too excited. No, too yeah, Shannon and I, yeah, Shannon and I spoke about that on his podcast about um, not that we didn't want to support Australia moving forward, and I didn't want to get excited about the prospects of twenty twenty four, but. We've been here before, 12, you know, 2012, and we've been um, in this time where the media start to really hype everyone up and everyone's got a nickname and everyone's got, you know, everyone's on the front page of this and the back page, which is great exposure for swimming. But what it also does, David, is it raises those expectation levels and now we've got medal, medal tally predictions and... Yeah, how many gold are we winning on day one? Gian, oh, you know, um, and not that Gian probably wants to say this, but that, you know, everyone gets pumped up. So, oh, we're predicted to win four on the on night one, and then all of a sudden <laughs> someone doesn't get it. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, well, that's disappointing. Well, and when yeah, it's not well, really, I mean, it's still a silver medal at the Olympics, isn't it? So it's yeah. just, yeah, a matter of just tempering your expectations expectations a bit yeah and look we won nine uh olympic gold medals uh last time in, in tokyo which was a record number in the pool mm. um in fukuoka we won 13 uh now of course there are you know there was there were some uh, swimmers who weren't in uh fukuoka uh and uh, may you know may strengthen the australian team next year there was also a few overseas swimmers uh, who who weren't there as well, but uh, uh, you know, to, if if we won nine gold in Tokyo, uh, if we can match that or or better it by one, you know, say reaching double figures in Paris, I think it'll be a fantastic result. It's it's difficult to predict that we're going to win thirteen gold medals in <laughs> Paris, but yeah. who knows. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as I said, yeah, it's not – I get behind them, support them, cheer them on, let them know that you're, you're wishing everyone the best. I just 
I love, as I said, Matt Thompson's commentary is all about excitement about, oh, look, you know, look what's happening. And, and quite often in the past, you hear sometimes commentary that are expecting something to happen. And then when it doesn't happen, you hear that disappointment in their voice because they can't hide it. You hear it. Mm. So um, and, and I guess that's just the, the line that, that, you know, the, the media and everyone's going to have to run of, of still, you know, building it all up, but not obviously to the point of if they don't get a gold medal, it's a major disappointment. Um, let's move on. I'll get off my soapbox. Um, <laughs> the World Championships, Fukuoka 2023, obviously a phenomenal success from an Australian point of view. Um, you know, yourself, you were there obviously watching every night. Um, 12th World Championship, second time in Fukuoka, 42 events across the program, David. Um, run us through some of the milestones. So obviously, you know, you're, as I said, a, the, you're stats guru, you, you know your stuff. What were some of the milestones that we saw through the week of Fukuoka? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, uh, quite a few, actually. It's far away through some of them. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, so there was uh, 192 nations uh, were in uh, Fukuoka uh, in swimming, so that was, uh, that was a record. Uh, 10 world records, five of them uh, set by Australians. Um, uh, it, in terms of uh, individual performances, um, yeah, Leon Marchand bringing down Michael Phelps's 400-metre individual medley world record on the opening night. Uh, had been on the book since Beijing 2008 Olympics, so it was the longest standing in world swimming. Chin mm. uh, uh, Haiyang, uh, the Chinese swimmer, became the first uh, to sweep the men, uh, to sweep a 50, 100, and 200 uh, metres in the same stroke at a World Championships, uh, and that's in any stroke, including freestyle. Uh, so other swimmers had won three medals in all three events at one championships, but not all gold. Um, a day later, Kaylee McEwen uh, became the first female swimmer to achieve the feat. Uh, this time it was in uh, women's backstroke. Uh, Katie Ledecky, I mean, what can you say? Every time yeah. she, you know, jumped in the pool, uh, she created some sort of uh, history. Uh, she won her sixth consecutive uh, title in the women's 800-metre freestyle, uh, the first to win six consecutive titles in the same event. Um, she also eclipsed Michael Phelps's record um, uh, by winning her 16th uh, individual uh, title uh, at the World uh, Championships. Uh, she's Do you think, now won David, yeah, sorry, David, do you think now we can um call her sorry i'm just having a mind blank of the word definitively there you go we can definitively call her the greatest female swimmer of all time say middle distance and distance at least if not across the board but certainly for middle and distance swimming uh yeah look i think i think i think you probably can uh i mean she's got an extraordinary uh, olympic and world championship uh record now uh she's now won uh 26 uh, medals at the World Championships, 21 gold. Uh, the record, by the way, in terms of total medals is Michael Phelps on on 33 uh, medals in total with 26 gold. So, yeah. you know, with World Championships coming up uh, in uh, 2024, 2025 and 2027, Katie has said she wants to stay around swimming until the Los Angeles Olympics in yep. 2028. Uh, so I think she's going to go well past Phelps. She might end up with 50 World Championship medals. So, yes, so phenomenal. 
Yeah, I mean, and not, just so not, consistent, isn't she? Like, you know, a lot of these flash in the pan swimmers, not that they're not talented or anything, they come up, they hit their heights, they have a down period, they have an up period. Ledecky mm. is just constantly, even if she's not at her best, it's still good enough to be silver. Yeah, absolutely. And, all, and also, you know, she turns up at every meet as well. Yeah. You know, she doesn't seem to have, you know, I'll take a, a year off here or a, a sabbatical just to, you know, recharge the batteries. You know, she she turns up at all these meets um, and, and she performs. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I think, you know, to, to line up next to her on the box uh, must be uh, pretty intimidating, I think. Uh, but just a couple of the other overall milestones that stood out for me. Um, by winning a, the women's 50-metre butterfly uh, a title, which was her fifth consecutive title in that event, uh, Sarah Sejostrom became the first uh, winner to, uh, sorry, the first swimmer to win gold medals at seven different world championships. Of course, you know, Katie's won six uh, medals at six, but uh, uh, Sejostrom has now won uh, medals, gold medals at seven world championships. Um, uh, Ruta Mayutite mm, uh, became the first. Easy for you to say. <laughs> there, <laughs> yeah, there's that. Uh, there's that most difficult of pronunciations. <laughs> um, she became the first swimmer to break world records in the same event a decade apart. You know, so she broke the uh, fifty, the women's fifty meter breaststroke record a decade ago. Broke it again uh, in um, in uh, Fukuoka. Uh, in fact, she equaled it. Then she broke it. She broke it twice. Mm. Um, Crystal Cobridge, which I th who I think we mentioned in the podcast about the history of the World Swimming Championships, she became the first swimmer to appear at eleven World Championships, having made her debut in Barcelona back in two thousand and three. Yeah, uh, she was already the first to appear at ten. And um, the other thing I was just going to mention, uh, it's it's good to see a couple of new nations on the medal table for the first time. Uh, Portugal and Hong Kong, um, they both won silver, courtesy of Diogo Matos Ribeiro in the men's fifty butterfly, and of course Siobhan Horhi in the women's fifteen. Sorry, in the women's hundred meter freestyle. So that was the yeah. first time both of those nations have been on the um, on the world championship. My in-laws will be very happy, David. You know, my wife's Portuguese, so Avor and they might, they'll be very happy to know that Portugal are, are they're on the board. They're on the board after all this time. Yeah. And, and look, it's all the about other thing football that I think with them, mate. It's all about soccer. <laughs> They've got no interest in the pool. It's all about yeah. football. <laughs> uh, and the other thing that uh, viewers may not have uh, noticed, but it was good to see that uh, World Aquatics has continued uh, to follow the International Olympic Committee's lead by including an aquatics refugee team. Uh, you may remember that at the last couple of Olympic Games, uh, the IOC have uh, selected a um, Olympic refugee team. Uh, uh, World Aquatics is doing the same. So this year it comprises of of two swimmers, uh, both refugees from Syria, uh, who are now based in Germany and New Zealand, respectively. So they oh, got nice. their opportunity to perform the world stage. Nice touch. Um, from an Australian perspective, obviously, we phenomenal results, right? So across the board with with medals, with world records, um, it was almost like I was back in you know like the two thousands when Rabs was calling Thorpey, and you know everyone was just breaking world records. Um, and every time you you sort of watch Channel Nine um, in prime time, there was world records. So it was phenomenal to watch. From an Australian perspective, what were some of the milestones from the Aussies that were set during last week? Uh, 13 gold medals, 
uh, 25 in total. So the 13 gold medals equaled our best uh, performance, uh, which we'd achieved back in Fukuoka in 2001 when they were first uh, held there. Uh, we also finished on top of the medal uh, table in that year in uh, 2001. Uh, we won 13 gold medals in Montreal in 2005, but didn't finish on top of the medal table. Uh, mm. So that was huge for us to do that again this year. Did um, we finish on top of the medal tally, did we, David? I I saw <laughs> that the USA team got uh, announced as team of the team of the meet. Well, yeah, look, it's in, it's interesting you say that because um, <laughs> I think it was about day four the US uh, uh, flew the white flag. Mm. Uh, initially, the American broadcaster NBC was showing uh, medal tables uh, ranked by gold medals. Uh, but after Australia, uh, after they failed to win a gold medal, I think on on the first day, and Australia kept uh, being on top of the uh, medal table when ranked by gold medals, they decided to flip it and do it by total medals, which uh, restored uh, the US to the top of the medal table, uh, uh, which is where they stayed, according to uh, uh, the uh, US broadcaster NBC. Oh, according uh, to World course- Aquatics, apparently too. So I, I don't, I, I didn't get it because. They put the world. They put the tally up on the World Aquatics thing, which had Australia at the top. They had Australia ranked as number one because of most gold, and and I get that mm. the USA team had more medals across the board, but World Aquatics put Australia number one. So all right, you think okay, Australia must be number one. No, no, the US get the team of the meet, which uh, you know. Anyway, someone got mm. a brown paper bag somewhere or something well, happened. Who knows? It certainly got Kate Campbell fired up. So uh, she was. Uh, <laughs> She on the Today really, Show, was it? She was on the Today Show, wasn't she? She was having a having a, having a big go at the uh, at, at the US for that. Uh, but it, look, in terms of other milestones, uh, yes, as we um, we've already alluded to, uh, Australia set uh, five uh, world records. So that was the most by an Australian team at a single World Championships on a team that didn't include Ian Thorpe. Mm. <laughs> so he used to um, do half of by himself. He did. So we, we set six uh, world records back in Fukuoka in 2001, but three of those involved Ian Thorpe. Um, so that uh, brought our overall tally to uh, 28, 28 world records set at the World Championships uh, over the years. Um, day one of the championships, we won four gold medals. Uh, that uh, beat the uh, record of three set a number of times or a number of days at previous mm. world championships. Uh, 31 members on the uh, swim team, as as in the pool team, not including open water. So 17 members of our team won gold medals, 24 won medals. Um, we've now won 98 gold medals at the World Championships, going back to the first uh, in 1973, so not far off uh, the, uh, the century. Uh, and also we finished on the podium in all eight relays, uh, which means we automatically qualify for next year's Olympics in Paris in those events. So the top three in each relay qualified for Paris. So I think that would have, uh, um, you know, I, I think Ryan Taylor would have breathed a sigh of relief that we uh, that we managed to do that. Yeah, um, and of course, for, for the listeners out there that probably think we just should roll it over, um, you only have to look at the four by um, one relay. No, four by two. The, oh, the, no, sorry, four by one, the Brits. Um, got disqualified in the heats. They did. Yeah. So these on- things can happen. So it's not just a foregone conclusion that you just roll it over and, um, you know, we should be up there, of course, but uh, it doesn't always happen that way. And because yeah, they had a formidable team, obviously, didn't they? The, the yeah. Team GB. 
They 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 did. Yeah, that was a big uh, that was a big uh, shock on uh, on night on night one their disqualification. I think it was in the uh, in the heat of the um, yeah. uh, of of the four by one uh, men's as well. So there you are. Uh, but look, I know we're only covering swimming, uh, you know, in in today's podcast. But it is just worth noting uh, that we won silver and bronze medals in open water to Chelsea Gebeka. Uh, and in the mixed uh, 4x1500 metre freestyle relay in open water. Uh, Cassiel Rousseau's gold in the men's 10 metre platform was the only diving event not won by China. Uh, and um, Rhiannon Iflin was supreme in the women's high diving, winning her third consecutive world title. So, you know, big shout out to uh, those medal winners in the other disciplines uh, in Fukuoka. Yeah, absolutely. Um, high dive, David. How do you reckon you go on a high dive? <laughs> Have you ever seen it? So, <laughs> so, so yeah. the men, so high, high diving is a relatively new discipline at, at the World Championships. Came in in Barcelona in 2013. It wasn't held in Budapest last year. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, the men dive off 27 metre high platforms. Uh, the women dive off 20 metre platforms. You know that's twice as high as the, you know, the platform you see in the uh, in the normal diving events at the pool. It's absolutely extraordinary. Uh, uh, just the, the you know the courage and, and bravery you need to do that time after time. I just don't know where they where they get it from. Um, yeah, so Rhiannon won uh, has won that title uh, in 2017. In 2019, it wasn't held last year in Budapest, and she's retained. Uh, that title a third in a row in uh, in Fukuoka last week. So you know that was uh, quite an extraordinary p- uh, performance. Yeah, congratulations to all of them. And you know, just I'm just thinking of me jumping off that high dive, David. I'm pretty sure there'd be some form of a tsunami once I landed it. <laughs> there'd be there'd be water going everywhere. Um, obviously, I want to touch on. Um, the star of the show in terms of the Australian swim team. There's so many different stars, right? So it's hard to narrow it down to one because obviously we saw what Ariane did on, on night <laughs> one. I don't think it's it. hard to narrow it down to one. <laughs> Molly, Molly, Molly. Kayla <laughs> <laughs> McEwen. But, Absolutely. you know, yeah, obviously, you know, Molly O um, was, was the star of the show in terms of what she was able to produce. Um, you look at the field that she was up against in the women's 200, which for me personally was a much closer race going in than the women's 400. I know that was the one that was touted as the big race, the f- women's 400, but I think the women's 200 always looked a little bit more mouthwatering because of the the players you had in, in that final. Um, but she managed, it didn't matter who she was against, she would always come through, she stuck to her guns. Um, I'll let you go through some of the the things and the statistics that you know she was able to achieve and um, records that she knocked off. One I want to take though, just quickly. I know you wrote it down, but I'm, I'm, I was aware of it. Federica Pellegrini's world record um, that had been lasting for for quite a while. Uh, it was a super suit world record um, for her to knock that off, and the way she did it. Um, I mean, you only have to look at her response and her reaction, right? Um, when she turned around and, and saw the board, she was in shock. Um, but what a, what a week um, from Molly O'Callaghan. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. She, I, look, for me, she was the, uh, the star of the show. Uh, and in, in some respects, it wasn't, uh, wasn't completely unexpected. She was, um, you know, a lot of talk about her leading into Fukuoka. Um, it's easy for you to forget last year she won six medals at the World Championships in Budapest, three gold and 
and three um so yeah three golden uh three bronze i think it was in uh, in uh in budapest so um yeah so she she's been extraordinary um yeah so she's now twice won six medals at a single world championships uh five gold medals in fukuoka was the most by an australian woman at a world championships uh equal to libby lenton that is in melbourne in in 2007 um she was the first Australian woman to retain the 100 metre freestyle uh, world title, which is, you know, widely regarded as a blue ribbon event of the um, of the championships. Um, interestingly, she was the first swimmer to complete the uh, first female swimmer to complete the 100 metre freestyle, 200 metre freestyle double. Uh, she almost did it last year, but ended up with silver in the 200. Mm. Uh, it's been done plenty of times uh, by the men, but not by the women um yes you've just mentioned uh breaking federica uh, pellegrini's uh long-standing uh, uh super suit world record um four of her five uh gold medals were part of a world record um uh, and look the other thing i should mention just about that 200 freestyle world record um is that she now joins how about this for a, a group of australian names shane gould mm. fanny durak uh, Dawn Fraser uh, and Lorraine Crap as as holders of uh, the only Australian women to hold that world record. So that's uh, quite an extraordinary, uh, uh, you know, group of um, you know Australian swimmers. Absolutely. Um, uh, and, and just in that in at that four by one hundred freestyle relay uh, world record that she was part of on that opening night, um, all four swimmers. Uh, were from St Peter's Western uh, in in that world record. So I guess that now stands as the Australian club record as well. So if you uh, <laughs> if you want to if you want to break this uh, Australian club record, you're going to have to break the world record. Yeah, what yeah. a what a performance! We were talking uh, off air before we started, weren't we? And we'll probably touch on it later with the St Peter's team. Uh, the results and and Dean Boxall's phenomenal coaching performance that um, all ten of his Australian uh, athletes that were competing because Eve Thomas obviously was um, swimming for the New Zealand swim team over there and and did well but all ten Australian athletes came home with a medal around their neck in some way shape or form um, yeah phenomenal absolutely mm. phenomenal coaching performance and a great team yeah. performance from the St Peter's team. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, and the other thing I just wanted to um, uh, remind your listeners of is, um, so so with a haul of three gold and three silver uh, from last year, I think I mentioned, I think I, earlier I said it was three bronze, three gold and three silver from last year. So Molly now owns eight gold and four silver uh, medals uh, at the world, at, at two world championships. So, so that's, uh, again, that equals Libby Lenton's record for the most by an Australian female swimmer at the World Championships. So she'll no no doubt go past that. And she, um, uh, you know, and, and again, to put it in some sort of a, in, in context, so Emma McKeon uh, now owns 59 medals from Olympic Games, Commonwealth Games, uh, World Championships, both short and long course. So she's on 59 medals. Molly now owns 29 uh, and that's all just from the last three years. Uh, uh, the, you know, the, yeah, the last uh, the Olympics in 2021, uh, World Championships last year, short and long course, and World Championships 
uh, and Commonwealth Games last year and mm-hmm. World Championships this year. So I, I think in the next few years you'll see uh, Molly overtake Emma in terms of, you know, being the most decorated uh, Australian uh, swimmer. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Because we know, obviously, what Emma has achieved and mm. the record she smashed herself um, in 2021. Um, so that's crazy that, you know, Molly's on that trajectory and obviously... She, she is. And, and Emma, of course, uh, I think her first international uh, competition was uh, in 2013. I think, it was, I think it was the Barcelona World Championships. I think she just missed selection for the London Olympics. Uh, and then, you know, so she's been around for, a, a you know, a full decade. Uh, Molly just, you know, just for the last three years. Mm. Yeah, no, it's going to be exciting to watch mm. uh, and, and see how she goes. Um, obviously but, now, um, you know, for the listeners out there, they would have heard the Shannon Rollison podcast this week and where we sort of went through and we did our own review. Um, we, we are, David and I, and about to go through the week as well and touch on certain events and, and different records and things like that. And I am conscious, as I said, that we've covered it. But in this respect as well, um, from my perspective, David, talking to you, it's coming from a different uh, viewpoint as well, obviously around statistics and um, data and records and milestones and things like that. So we're going to dive into it now and I'm going to try and obviously, as I said, lead, lead us away from conversations we might have already had so the listeners don't go, bloody hell, Robbie, I've already listened to this this week. Um, day one, you know, I, we can't not talk about day one because it was historic in many ways in terms of the four gold medals for the Australian team. The world record in the 400, I don't want to take all your, your data points here out of, from you, David, but day one, um, it must have been for you, you must have just been rewriting the history books behind the scenes there because there were so many uh, records being broken. Uh, yeah, a- a- absolutely. And, and look, part of my job is um, when these milestones uh, a- occur is to, you know, a- a talk in Matt's ear or scribble him a note and just say, <laughs> um uh, you know that was a that was the most gold medals for Australia in one day, et cetera, et cetera. So, mm. and often you can't uh, predict that uh, some of these things are going to happen. So you're sort of frantically scrambling through your records. You know, somebody said, "Gee, uh, David, uh, we've just won three gold medals so far on on day one. Uh, what's the record for our most gold medals in on, on one day?" So you've got to sort of have that all that sort of information at your fingertips. But yeah, it was a fantastic uh, start to the championships for Australia. Um, uh, Sam, Sam Short opened uh, 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 with um, his goal in the men's uh, 400 metre freestyle, uh, uh, joining you know legends of the sport like Kieran Perkins, uh, Ian Thorpe, Grant Hackett uh, in in uh, winning uh, the event. Elijah Winnington uh, won it last year, so Sam kept it uh, in Australian uh, Australian hands. So so that was a terrific start for Australia. Um, uh, we're now, at, or we, it, it also keeps our place as, uh, as the the most successful nation uh, in the event at the World Championships as well. Um, yes, you mentioned Ariane uh, uh, Titmus smashed the uh, 400 meter freestyle record to win uh, to win uh, her gold medal. Um, interestingly, um, the last Australian to win gold and break the world record in the event at the World Championships was Tracy Wickham uh, in West Berlin back in 1978. Um, so Tracy's world record stood for almost 10 years. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how long Ariane stand for. If it does get broken, hopefully she breaks it. Well, the, uh, that, that world record only lasted 
what, three or four months? Because Summer McIntosh said it earlier this year, didn't she? So uh, the 400? Oh, yes, her, her previous world, yes, her, yeah. her previous yeah, yeah. world record, yes, yes. So it'd be interesting to see, especially going into Paris next year with everyone aiming up and everyone's going to have eyes on it. It might take another world record to to win that gold medal. Win, um, yeah. I heard on the coverage, David, that was the first time that the men and women's Australian team won the 400 and won gold. That had your name yes, at, written all over it, that at, comment. At, so. at, at, at the same World Championships, that, that's right. Yes. Yeah, we've won. Uh, look, we've we've been very successful in both events uh, uh, in, in at the World Championships, but that was the first time we'd won gold in both events. And of course, they're usually um, held on the on the first day, so it was a great way to start. Was that another um, little note slipped under the? Did you write? Did you pass that note across? That? As soon as I, I, I heard I, that, I thought that's David. David's put that somewhere. <laughs> no, I, I probably I probably did. Although maybe <laughs> no, no, I think we probably would have anticipated because look, one okay. of the things. Uh, one of the things um, I, I do, uh, particular uh, between the the morning heats and the finals, is I I go hammer and tongs, uh, writing notes, uh, just sort of short bullet points about each race mm. and about uh, each swimmer, and kind of you, mainly thinking about what if scenarios. Yeah. Uh, so you know if 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 we win this event, if if an Australian win gold wins gold in this event. It will be the first time that blah blah blah, and it's the same with all the other swimmers from from other nations as well. So even with um, our friend uh, Diego Matos Ribeiro in the in the final of the men's fifty meter butterfly, I had down if he wins a medal, it will be Port- Portugal's first medal of any colour at the World Championships. So uh, so I think um, I think we had anticipated once you've got an Australian uh, in a final, anything can happen. It's all the same mm. order as. As you often say, that's right. Um, I'm very, I'm very aware of your dot points and uh, your strategic <laughs> sheets, David. I, I love yeah. them. I love yeah. them. Uh, but just a couple. Of, look, we've already mentioned Leon Marchand uh, destroying uh, Phelps's uh, 400 meter individual world record on that uh, opening night, and uh, of course, viewers would have seen that uh, uh, Michael Phelps was on hand uh, commentating the race for American television, and uh, mm. he presented Marchand with his gold medal. Uh, so that was terrific. Um, we uh, obliterated the world record in the women's four by one hundred meter freestyle, beating the USA by almost four seconds. Mm. Uh, again, an ex- a, a terrific result. Um, and um, our four gold medals on that night um, uh, effectively locked the USA out of the gold medals on the first day of the World Championships for the first time since uh, Fukuoka. So, uh, I think uh, we all got a, a you know a big hit from that. Um, it's interesting. Shannon always talks about, and he did mention it this week on the Shannon Rollison podcast, that um, if you want to keep America off the medal tally, you need all the other countries around you to be performing as well. So if it's an event that mm. Australia might not be strong in, you know, you need China to, to be winning those events or you need, yeah. um, you know, the, the French from team. Romania yeah, or Michon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It kind of played out that way this week as well, that some of the other events where they were probably favoured to get up in, uh, they just might not have, um, you know, got there. But as I said, I don't want to poke the bear either because you mentioned it earlier and <laughs> the US are, um, are known for, you know, maybe not having the greatest of world champs leading into an Olympic Games, potentially yep. on purpose, in other words, to, you know, um, change this the setup and and get them ready and fired up and going into an olympic games as underdogs where people don't think that they're as good anymore and anyway so i don't want to poke the bear because we know what yeah, no, no, fair we know what they're capable of day two but david just, 
Yeah, absolutely. But look, just uh, quickly before we leave day one, oh, I yep. just wanted to, 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 to mention, you know, uh, the uh, the dominance of um, our women's 4 by 100 metre freestyle team, mm -hmm. uh, dominant for almost a decade. So they've won the last three world titles. Um, they won a silver in uh, 2017, and that they only lost to the US by a touch, and then they also won gold in... Um, uh, 2015. So they've won four out of the last five world titles. They've won, won the last three Olympic uh, titles in uh, 2012, 2016 and 2020. Um, we've lowered the world record on the last five occasions. Uh, and in fact, the last country that wasn't in Australia to break the world record was, was the Netherlands back in 2009. Uh, and since then, you know, we've broken their world record uh, and it's now our own. We've broken the world record of the Glasgow Commonwealth Games in 2014. Uh, the Rio 2016 Olympics, the Gold Coast 2018 Commonwealth Games, the Tokyo Olympics, and now the Fukuoka 2023 World Championships. So that's just quite a remarkable uh, domination of uh, that event. Oh, 100%. Um, the crazy thing, David, is I don't necessarily see it changing for for quite a few years to come because the, the way it is to be on the Australian swim team and be in that four by one is you've got to be pushing – um, you know, you've got to be diving 52 lows, if not almost, you know, 51s. Now we saw Shana Jack do 51, uh, 51 mm. split in, in her uh, relays. We know what Molly O can do. We know Emma McKeon's PB is 51 point. So, you yep. know, going in, you're going to have to be a 52 low, if not uh, off a moving start, 51. So it's only pushing the bar higher and higher with all the young girls coming through. We've got a phenomenal uh, crop of talent coming through that are all um, striving. So unless mm. someone, another team from another country wants to put together a production line like Australia have got, I, I don't see it changing. I, no, I don't no, well, see certainly the subsiding. And, and look, not to mention uh, Kate and Bronte Campbell, who are sort of uh, sitting in the wings at the moment preparing for a shot at uh, Paris next year. So, uh, Absolutely. Boy, I saw is... Bronte racing at the ACT Champs uh, over right. the weekend and, um, yeah, looked very good. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and, and then you've got those, you know, as you say, you've got, you know, the, you know, the Shana Jacks and even, even the Meg Harris's, um, you know, performing so strongly. Yeah, Meg does um, a phenomenal job. She's yeah. been very underrated, I think, Meg, for a long hmm. time with her spot in that relay team. She yep. doesn't really get the the highlights or the accolades, but she's always in there doing her job, and she's yep. always a part of those world records, isn't she? So well done to Meg as well. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, what about day two? Uh, a bit of a quieter day, so talk about the the highs. Uh, I wouldn't say day two was a low, but certainly coming off four gold and world records, and it's all happening, as uh, Bill Laurie used to say. Um, you know, a bit of a quieter day on day two. Any sort of milestones or or things that uh, got knocked off on day two? Yeah, look, a, a, a couple of things worth mentioning. As you say, we didn't win any uh, medals. In fact, it was the only day we didn't win a medal. Uh, uh, Emma McKeon, uh, uh, just shy of a medal when she was fourth in the uh, women's 100-metre butterfly but behind uh, Jung Yufei. Uh, Jenna Forrester also finished just outside the medals in the women's 200 individual medley, another uh, fourth, and she, she had a terrific uh, meet, and we'll mention a couple of her performances uh, later on. Um, the other winners on uh, day two uh, were uh, Chin Haiyang from China in the men's 100-metre breaststroke, uh, Thomas Chacon of Italy in the men's 50-metre butterfly, and Kate Douglas uh, in the women's 200-metre uh, 
uh, individual medal medley. So she actually put the USA on the gold medal tally for the uh, for the first time. But look, she the one with the other funky turn, me. David. I beg your pardon. Was she the one with the funky turn, Kate Douglas? Uh, which she- which American girl? And there's that footage of obviously we know Kaylee McEwen got disqualified, um, rightly or wrongly, ah, but yes. she was. But there was an American that turned over way worse and, and still yes, and that, and that and I think you're right. I I think that was I think that was her. So uh, so yeah, mm. and um, it would have been interesting to see if Kaylee had of uh, you know had have been able to swim the event, swim the final. Mm. She probably would have won a medal and possibly gold in that as well. Absolutely. Um, but look, the other highlight for me, uh, Robbie, in day three was our first look at Jimi Hendrix from Guam. Now, he's one of my favourite swimmers. We saw him back at the Short Course World Championships in Melbourne last year. He was in the heats of the 200-metre butterfly, uh, Jimi Hendrix. Um, and keen swimming fans would have also noticed uh, Daniel Treasure from Barbados, uh, Alexa Gold from Estonia, uh, the great Carter Swift uh, from New Zealand, uh, Andrew Gogo from Malaysia and um, Africa Sands from Spain. So uh, those were those were some of my favourite names from the. Uh, I was going to the- say, geez, you're pulling some good names out here. That was, <laughs> that, that was bloody Jimi Hendrix. Good Jimmy on Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, who'd have thought? <laughs> well done. Who would have thought he could throw his arms over? Um, now, obviously. Uh, I know another um, highlight for you during the week, and, and anyone who's an NRL fan, um, especially if you're a, a very keen NRL fan, you will know that there is a NRL statistician who is very, 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 very um, known behind the scenes, David Middleton, Mido. Uh, now, you, uh, obviously the swimming stats guru, you got to meet David Middleton. How, how did that, firstly, how did it come about, and, and how, was that, how was that meeting of the minds? Well, last year when I uh, got to Melbourne to do the World Short Course Championships with Channel 9, I, I quickly uh, acquired, and not by my choice, I hasten to add, uh, the nickname Swiddo, uh, <laughs> because they already had Mido doing all the rugby league stats, so who better to uh, do the swimming stats than than uh, than Swiddo? So, so I, I, I've become known as uh, Swiddo around the traps, and uh, uh, day, day two I got to meet the... Uh, uh, the great David Middleton. Uh, so we had our photo taken together uh, and it was posted on uh, their social media. And that was the day when Mido met Swido. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. No, but uh, look, I, 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 I've known, I, I haven't known him personally, but I've known of David Middleton for, for many years and he is, uh, you know, the most respected rugby league historian. Uh, he's been around for, for many, many years. So, um so uh, no, it was an absolute, uh, absolute pleasure to meet him for the first time. Yeah, no, absolutely. I could imagine you two back there just exchanging, exchanging data and history and and backwards and spreadsheets and databases, yeah. and dot points <laughs> and. <laughs> yeah. uh, day three, uh, we're back on the board, um, and obviously Kayla McEwen, um, um, you know, is able to pick herself up after that sort of uh, disappointment of of being DQ'd. In the women's hundred meters backstroke, what else happened on day three? Uh, yeah, yes, as you say, uh, Kaylee uh, wins a hundred meter backstroke. Um, uh, interestingly, that uh, in doing so, she was able to uh, unify uh, the two world titles, which is short, short course and long course, where she won in Melbourne back in December. 
as well as the Olympic and Commonwealth Games title. So she's basically won everything there is uh, to win in the uh, women's 100-metre uh, backstroke. Uh, she also owns a world record. So uh, we did have some discussion about what uh, we should call that, and uh, the best we could come up with uh, was the swim slam. The swim slam. <laughs> when you're able to... Uh, uh, unify all the you know global titles that are available uh, plus and the world record and yes because so, of course in tennis it's the grand slam isn't it the grand all, slam you've got all of them yeah no, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. but if 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 you or your listeners can come up with a a, a better name for it <laughs> uh, please uh, please let us know in the comments yeah <laughs> um, yeah look a cup uh, a, a few other uh, highlights uh, on on day three uh, massive upset in the men's two hundred meter freestyle when. Uh, uh, Matt Richards and Tom Dean from Great Britain went one-two. Um, uh, Korea's Huang Sun-woo um, uh, uh, won the bronze, so all of them swimming over the top of uh, defending champion David uh, Popovich. Uh, uh, Katie Ledecky uh, uh, separated herself early uh, in the field of the women's 1,500-metre uh, freestyle and never looked back uh, mm. uh, to win her fifth title uh, in the event. Uh, Lanny, pa- Lanny Pallister from Australia was uh, was fifth. Uh, Ryan Murphy, uh, Rio Olympic uh, tw- uh, champion in 2016, turned turned back the clock to win the men's 100-metre backstroke. And uh, Ruta Mayutite, uh, back again. Um, uh, she won her second women's 100-metre breaststroke world title a decade after her first uh, race or her first win in the event. Uh, Again, quite extraordinary to win um, uh, to win uh, world titles ten years apart. Yeah, we saw a bit of that through that week, didn't we? Uh, in terms of the longevity of some of these swimmers, you look at your Sarah Showstroms and your Katie Ledeckis, mm-hmm. and we're certainly seeing the emergence of some young stars like a Sam Short, no doubt. But there was certainly a case to be made for a lot of the legends and veterans of the sport still. You know, staking their claim to say, "Well, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere." I'm not, uh, not done yet. Yeah, and in case you thought I was going somewhere, Sarah Shoster, I'll just throw down and and Ruta, I'll throw down a world record just to just yeah. to let you know I'm not going anywhere. So, um, and, and w- yeah. w- wouldn't it be nice to know that uh, you know Molly O'Callaghan and Kaylee McEwen aren't going anywhere soon, and may may have another ten years uh, left in them? Imagine what they can, uh, you know, they can do in that uh, in that time. You know, if swimming through till. You know the the Brisbane uh, twenty thirty two Olympic Games. That would be fantastic. So yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Um, mm. Day four, day four. Mm. So we got one gold, three silvers to Australia uh, on, on day four, and obviously um, I will I'll take the first one with Sam Short. Obviously taking down Grant Hackett's longest standing Australian record to win silver. Uh, the 800 freestyle, obviously Hafnawi, um, we, we know what he's capable of, and he was the Olympic champion um, in the 400. And, in the 400, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, in the 400. And, and we know with Sam Short, the interesting thing, and if, if you watch the coverage and if you know Sam, you know this now, but he, he, much the same as you, David, is uh, very big on his history and he knows exactly yeah. the records that he's after. So he knows what he's ticking off as he does it. Look, he, he he knows he he certainly knows his stats, and uh, as as viewers probably saw in that interview with Tom Deason afterwards, he knew that he'd broken Grant Hackett's Australian record. Mm. Uh, so look, that's it's wonderful to see some of these young swimmers, um, uh, you know, know, knowing the history of the event and some of those stats. And um, 
and you know I'll, I'll get to it later in the 1500 uh, meters freestyle but there's a a really interesting piece of history that Sam can create um, in uh, the men's 1500 meter freestyle next year in Paris if he wins um, but yes yeah, so that was a terrific uh, 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 a terrific uh, silver by by Sam in the 800 um, uh, Molly O'Callaghan uh, and Ariane Titmus um, you know wow what a what a what a last lap of the women's 200 meter freestyle um uh, we've we've mentioned it before but she broke the longest standing women's world record uh in in swimming molly um leading australia to one two uh finish in the event that was australia's first one two uh at the world swimming championships uh since uh, uh 2015 uh when emily Seabom and maddie wilson went one two in the women's uh women's 200 backstroke so yeah, nice. so that was a, a milestone um you know i i love the I, I love the four by one mixed medley relays because it's it's so they're so topsy turvy uh, mm-hmm. depending on where you place your men and your women and you know suddenly you think my gosh we're out of it we're 40 meters behind the leaders uh, and then we you know we we come through and uh, and, and win gold so so that was the case uh, for us in 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 that event um uh, Kaylee, uh, and and Zach uh, swam the first two legs. Um, then Matt Temple and Shana Jack made up huge ground in the butterfly and uh, freestyle legs. Sorry, it is yeah to win to win silver behind China. That was uh, in the mixed uh, four by one medley. Um, and uh, the other perform a couple of other performances worth mentioning. Sam Williamson finished fourth in the men's fifty meter best breaststroke. So that was yeah, a terrific event. That's a great race. Yeah, yeah, uh, gold. And he was the slowest qualifier in lane eight. Uh, so, so that was a terrific result. The gold was won by by Chin uh, Haiyang of of China, who we mentioned. Um, you know, did the uh, did the treble in the fifty, one hundred, and two hundred. Um, Leon Marchand uh, won the men's two hundred meter butterfly uh, as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that was a, a terrific um, uh, it, it looked a, a, a terrific day. Another another gold, as I said, three mm. three silver to uh, to Australia. It's interesting with the four by one mixed medley relay, David. I, I think when it was all sort of introduced, it was meant to kind of give some of the other nations a go. So I know as, as exciting as it is, and I love seeing Australia get up there, don't get me wrong, but I, I do feel like it's just another showcase of your American, Australian, Great Britain, oh. Chinese team. It's not, it doesn't really give the other nations a go, to be honest, because we're still too strong. You know, you can throw the girls yeah, yeah, and the boys look, in there, like we're still too strong. Look, I, look, I, I look. I see. I see what you're saying. I mean, I love it because uh, it, it's it, there are so many changes of uh, of the lead. I mean, nobody nobody goes out there and leads from start to finish, uh, and and it's so you, you know. And you've just got to keep your eye on on you know every every swimmer in every lane. Uh, and it's really only in that last leg that that the sort of race starts to pan out to. Um, you know, it's ultimate conclusion, but I just, I, I just love the chaos, yeah, uh, of 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 it all. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And my, my my next question is, <laughs> who the hell is Chesney Watson? Well, Chesney Watson, who? Well, if he come well, up with this? Well, 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 you may ask. Well, you may ask. <laughs> so, um, uh, so. Uh, just to give you uh, listeners a bit of a, a bit of background, um, I, I prepare a lot of notes for the. The, the commentators uh, before each race, a- event by event. You know, they've got information about the world record, the Australian record, the Commonwealth record, 
um, you know, recent results at the Olympics, you know, medalists, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And, and uh, what, one of the things I do is, is download from the World Aquatics website uh, the uh, top 10 times for 2023 and the top 10 performances of all time, uh, you know, going back, you know, going back in history so that the commentators, you know, can give uh, viewers a, some context about a performance by, by any swimmer. Yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, um, I'm sitting there uh, on, on the afternoon of um, uh, day four and Jian's come up to me, you know, this is, uh, you know, while we're sort of both, mm-hmm. both preparing for the evening session. And she says to me, um, uh, Clarky, she still calls me Clarky, not Swinno, by the way. Um, <laughs> says to me, uh, uh, Clarky, uh, see the number uh, four top performance of all time in the women's uh, 200 meter freestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got down here Chesney Watson. Who is Chesney Watson? <laughs> and I'm scratching my head, going, mm, I, I don't think I know. So I've gone back to the. Um, World Aquatics website. Sure enough, number four of all time uh, in the women's 200-meter freestyle, Chesney Watson, uh, 153.48, set on July 2, 2022. So, you know, we're not going back 40 years or something. Um, So uh, then I've gone to another part of the World Aquatics website where you can just type in a swimmer's name, comes up with all the results and PBs, et cetera, types it in, says, uh, sorry, there is no swimmer by this name. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> she appears on their rankings, but you cannot find any information about her. Uh, so so she was absolutely nowhere to be seen. So I think Jian and I uh, ended up agreeing that there was uh, there, there's somebody making a bit of mischief uh, in the in the world aquatics, you know, <laughs> rankings or statistics people, uh, just to see if if anybody uh, such as us, you know, can fall for it. But uh, no, no, we we uh, we're just not sure that uh, she actually exists anywhere. Poor Gian thought you were stitching her up. She, you, she <laughs> thought you just wanted to see if she'd say Chesney yeah. Watson on the on the live well, coverage. Nick- well, Nick McArdle, Nick McArdle was in on the conversation as well, and he was going to cross from the studio to the commentators at the beginning of the coverage, you know, with a little bit of a preview. And now we're uh, crossing uh, to our commentators, uh, Gian Rooney and Ian and Thorpe and Matt Thompson. Um, Gian, women's 200-metre uh, freestyle tonight. Uh, <laughs> we've got a, a Chesney Watson uh, on there. How, how, how do you think she's going to go? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would have been. But, but he wasn't that cruel. No, no, no. We we used to do similar things, David. If you go to the local RSL club or the pub, and you know you got to, uh, you go up to the front desk, and you'd always say, "Oh, listen, I'm trying to find my my friend Sue," and they say, "Oh, yeah, Sue," and you say, "Yeah, Ridge Pipe," and because you've really separated it, no one knows. I just said Sue Ridge Pipe, right? <laughs> so then all of a sudden they'd start saying, uh, Sue Ridge Pipe, could you please come? It's the same thing that you see on The Simpsons when they call uh, Moe's Tavern. Um, so that would have been funny if, um, if old Chesney Watson got a, got a run on the Channel 9 coverage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see if we can push for that to come out next time. Um, mm. Obviously day five, um, yep. another great night for Australia. And, and in terms of medal tallies, uh, we're back with three gold, one silver. The silver, obviously, uh, to Lizzie Deckers, who who did a phenomenal swim in her 200-metre butterfly. Uh, Summer McIntosh, who was the defending champion, obviously won, and, and it was great to see Summer go on to have some success through the week as well. I know we're not Canadian, but um, she's a phenomenal young talent, and we didn't see the best of her in the 400, but it was really good to see 
Summer go on to have success through the week. I think it'll do her the world of good in her confidence. But back to Lizzie Deckers. She's been there and abouts in the Australian team for the last few years, um, especially in the 200 fly. That's been her spot for a while. And this was her first big breakthrough in terms of on the world stage and being up there on the podium uh, with a medal around her neck. So congratulations to Lizzie and um, and the, the coaching team and everyone in and around Lizzie. But, mate, day five, talk to me. What what else did we yep, see? Yep. Uh, day five, yes. Uh, so we also saw uh, Kyle Chalmers uh, win the men's 100-metre freestyle. And so that flex was... those biceps. Did you see those? <laughs> I mean, it just reminded me of myself, David. Honestly, it really did. I think. Absolutely, yes. Uh, 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 yes. The biceps and and, and the cats. At yeah, some yeah. stage, I must. <laughs> I mean, you could almost do a podcast on on all these on all these tattoos. Couldn't I you? think I'm going to um, do one, David. I think I'm going to do one about swimming and tattoos. Yeah, yeah yes, I, I think I think that'll be great. Um, yeah. So he he won the men's hundred meter freestyle. Interestingly, um, uh, that was um, his first individual gold medal uh, at the long course world championships. Uh, so he's now and so he's now won Olympic gold, uh, Commonwealth Games gold, World Short Course gold, and now uh, a long course uh, gold in the men's hundred meter freestyle. So so that can be another an, another swim sl- slam, uh, slam, if you like, uh, to uh, 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 to Kyle. Yeah. Um, uh, Kaylee uh, McEwen broke her own Australia and Commonwealth record to join Gian Rooney as the only. Uh, winners of the women's 50 meter uh, backstroke at the World Championships. Um, uh, Molly, um, uh, Shana, Brianna, and Ariane uh, broke the record by almost two seconds to win gold in the women's uh, four by uh, 200 uh, meters freestyle. Uh, if, uh, Leon Marchand again, uh, he won gold in the 200 meters individual medal in a European record and uh, completed so completing the 200, uh, 400 IM double uh, uh, in Fukuoka. And as we mentioned uh, um, uh, a little bit earlier, uh, at the end of that night, uh, the US broadcaster NBC raised the white flag and swapped the medal table around to total medals instead of gold medals because that mm. put the USA back on top. Yeah, convenient, isn't it? Convenient. Um, <laughs> by day six, uh, we won uh, a colour of each medal on this night um obviously gold silver and bronze um i'll kick us off with obviously molly o'callaghan's phenomenal 100 meter freestyle obviously emma mckeon was in that race as well she finished fifth um you know some some really really fast races in in that 100 meter freestyle but molly o once again coming through the middle from behind uh, i think she turned seventh uh on the on the wall and and came back to win um, so phenomenal performance from her and, and obviously Emma not having the greatest of weeks in terms of her results, but to still get up and I think she was, she came in uh, in an outside lane, wasn't she, David, in lane eight or lane one, I think. So to finish fifth, she yeah. still put in a, a really good performance there. But um, some other great races through the night of night six, um, what were they? Yeah, some of the other ones, yep. Uh, so um uh, Chin Haiyang of China, the first swimmer to complete the 50, 100, 200 metre treble in the same stroke uh, at a World Championships when he won gold in the men's 200 metre breaststroke. Um, he also snatched the world record, which of course belonged to defending champion uh, Zach Stubbley Cook. So uh, Zach uh, took the silver. Uh, so uh, uh, plenty there for uh, uh, Zach to um, uh, 
get back uh, uh, to uh, for, for Paris oh, 2024. It'll be nice to see 100%. him. Well, plenty yeah. there. Did yeah. you see him? Did you see him get up and splash the water and flex in front of Zach Stubblity <laughs> Cook? My goodness, talk about yeah. waving a red flag to a bull. That would yeah. uh, that yeah. would do my head in if someone got up in front of me and did that. So. Well, well played to Zach. He, he kept his cool and played it down and um, had a really good post-race interview, obviously, which is hard to deal with, you know, that, that disappointment. He, I thought he handled himself really well. But, um, yeah, old Chen, he got up there. He was flexing and splashing water around and causing a scene, which you don't often see from some of the Chinese swimmers, to be honest. They're, no, no, they no, you don't. a bit don't, more but, quiet and humble. Yeah, that, that's right. And, but, and it's always so difficult to know. Um, how the Chinese swimmers are going to go in a particular meet. You know, there's it's very unpredictable, um, and you know, so, so many times, you know, they 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 come into a meet um, and they either don't perform or they do perform. It just uh, very difficult. Mm. Um, so yes, yeah, so so Chin created a uh, a piece of um, a piece of uh, history in completing that uh, backstroke treble. Um, uh, Kyle Taylor, Kyle Chalmers, Alexander Graham, and Thomas Neal won bronze in the uh, men's uh, four by uh, two hundred meter freestyle. Um, uh, Abby Harkin was seventh in the women's two hundred meter breaststroke, uh, won by South Africa's uh, Tatiana Schoenmaker, and um, uh, Brad Woodward was uh, sixth in the men's two hundred backstroke, won by uh, Hungary's Hubert uh, Koch. Mm. So that was well uh, done. That to- yeah, well done to Brad Woodward, by the way. I think those were his first um, World Championship finals as well. So he, he's definitely – and he, he's not been around for, you know, a split second. He's been in and around the Australian team and, and um, doing his thing out there at Homebush for quite a while. So another one who's sticking around, working hard and, and applying his trade and still starting to see some some progression and improvement. So congratulations to – to Brad, to his coach, Adam Cable, and, and the team and whoever else works in and around him. I always got to say everyone, David, because inevitably you forget someone, which I don't mean to, but <laughs> so we say the whole team. It's a team effort. Yeah. Well done to everyone. Um, what yep. about day seven? Day seven, three gold. We're back, baby. We're back. Three we're, gold. We're back, yep. Yeah. And day seven. Yeah, three gold, one bronze. But, of course, uh, day seven was uh, Shannon Rollison's birthday as well. So that was the other, oh, other important milestone that uh, – uh, that that we should note. Um, you yeah, sent him a lovely text right. message. I showed him. I saw him <laughs> on pool deck. I went over and showed him. So, yes, he spent his birthday on pool deck, getting stroke rates and getting splits, yeah. as coaches and, and, do. And, and don't we have a bit of a habit of winning gold medals on Shannon's birthday at uh, at, at previous world championships? So, Absolutely. so day seven was no different. Exactly. Yeah. So, look, the big story, of course, uh, day seven, Cameron McAvoy, uh, outstanding. Um, he became Australia's oldest individual world championship gold medalist when he won the men's 50-metre freestyle, aged 29. Um, now, that margin over runner-up Jack Alexi from the US was a whopping 0.51 of a second. And I say whopping because, you know, you know one-lap race, 0.51 of a second is a big margin. Um, and that was the largest uh, winning margin uh, ever in the history of the event. Um, it was also the only men's freestyle event that Australia had never won uh, and just our second medal in the event after Michael Klim won bronze uh, in 1998. Um, yeah, and Australia's previous oldest individual champion was was Christian Springer, who won the 100-metre breaststroke at Barcelona in 2013, age 27. So that was a, 
That was a phenomenal result by mm. Cam McAvoy. And in fact, you know, I would have to rate that as as is one of the you know, absolute top Australian performances um, of the meet. Um, also worth mentioning, Isaac Coop was fourth, uh, just 12 one-hundredths of a second off the podium in the men's 50 freestyle. So we almost got two on the podium. Yeah. Um, uh, some of those other uh, results from day seven, Kaylee McEwen completed the backstroke treble um, by retaining her 200-metre uh, title. Uh, uh, Jenna Forrester uh, was eighth. So like the 100, she uh, also owns the Olympic Commonwealth Games long course, short course, uh, titles uh, as well as the world record. Um, Sarah Sejostrom from Sweden broke the world record in the semi-final of the women's 50-metre freestyle. Then 20 minutes later came out and won her fifth consecutive 50-metre butterfly uh, title. Um, uh, Katie Ledecky, we mentioned this uh, at the beginning of the podcast, uh, became the first woman to win six consecutive world titles in the same event. Uh, when she won the women's 800-metre freestyle with uh, Ariane in uh, bronze and Lani Pallister was seventh, uh, and a couple of others there. So Jack Cartwright, Carl Chalmers, Shana Jack and Molly O'Callaghan uh, combined to win Australia's second successive gold medal in the mixed, four by 100-metre freestyle and lowered their own world record. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, Matt Temple finished fourth in the men's 100-metre butterfly behind French winner Maxime Grousset. Uh, while Isaac Cooper came out again for his second swim of the night. Um, uh, he was just squeezed out of the um, uh, men's 50-metre backstroke final after finishing ninth in the semifinals. Yeah, well, mate, some some good racing there. And, uh, you know, we talked about, obviously, Kate Ledecky. Can we talk about her as the goat of, of women's middle distance and distance swimming? I, I think you've got to have Sarah Showstrom in that conversation in terms of female sprinting. To keep doing it at her level, at her age, uh, and not just do it. She's 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 moving the bar. She's not just doing it. Uh, it's it's one mm. thing to participate, but she's she's out there and she's number one. Um, you yep. know, obviously Absolutely. we've got some brilliant sprinters ourselves, but in terms of longevity and and the consistent top performances over a long period of time, I, I've got to put her up there as the conversation of. Um, best female sprinters of all time. You're the stats oh, sure. man. Would the stats back me up? Yeah, yeah look, absolutely. And, and look, she, she her first world championships were in 2009. Uh, so that's the seventh um, world championships where uh, Sir Jostrom has won a gold uh, medal at. Uh, she's also 29 like Cam McAvoy. Mm. Um not the oldest uh, gold medalist, uh, not the oldest female gold medalist. That's uh, Therese Al-Shamar. I think she was 32 or 33 when she won uh, gold in um, in uh, the 50 freestyle. Uh, another Swede, by the way. Mm. Um, so uh, there must be something about the, uh, uh, the the Swedish swimmers that um, uh, something in the in the water there that helps their longevity. I might uh, need to so, go yeah. to that water. <laughs> so, so look at yeah, a phenomenal uh, effort um, uh, by by uh, uh, Sarah, and I think she um, she reduced her program to I think just fifty meter events in uh, in Fukuoka, and, and um, look, we uh, you know we we may well just see her do the same in um, in in Paris next year. Perhaps she'll she'll go in the fifty and 
100 metre event uh, yeah. as well. So. Well, obviously, she, you know, she's been through some um, some surgeries, some injuries, some setbacks, mm. and I think the thing that um, has her standing out to me outside of uh, a Ruta Melutite or a Cam McAvoy is that she does consistently get up there. Some of these swimmers, have, have their longevity is there in terms of they're still in the sport, but they're, they're riding that roller coaster where Sarah Showstrom seems to stay on that line of consistency no matter whether she's just had surgery or, I mean, have a look at what she did at the at the Olympic Games coming off the back of things. And, um, yeah, I, I have the utmost respect for her and, and I, I think she's a phenomenal, phenomenal um, talent, legend. And if there was a swimming hall of fame, I'm sure there is, she, she should be in it um, 100%. Um, yeah, yeah. Day eight. Uh, this is our last night uh, of, of finals racing. And the night kicked off, obviously, with the US um, just starting to get their medal tally going just at the back end of the back end of the race. So, <laughs> back end of the meet. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> why not? So 50 backstroke, um, Justin Reason, obviously Hunter Armstrong with the gold medal, um, a repeat of last year's result in Budapest. Uh, we saw some other great racing, David, um, through the night, and obviously some records tumbled. How was day day, uh, day eight and the finals there? How'd they finish? Uh, yeah, look, it looked pretty pretty well in the end. We look, we didn't end up uh, winning a gold medal uh, on the last night, but we did win five uh, medals, two silver and three bronze. Look, you know, we we began the day with those thirteen gold medals, so we actually only needed one to, you know. Um, you know, break the 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 record outright for the for the most gold uh, wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't quite to be. Um, as you mentioned, Justin Ress and uh, Hunter Armstrong went uh, one two for the US in the men's fifty backstroke. Uh, Ruta Mayutite uh, won the women's fifty meter breaststroke, uh, lowering her world record she'd equaled in the semifinals the previous night uh, from twenty nine. Uh, 30 to 29 16 that was a, a terrific result so quick so quick uh, uh, and look uh, men's 1500 meter freestyle for me was the race of the night um look uh, you know i was always hoping that um you know sam short uh you know could get up there and and win the goal wasn't to be um it was really it, it came down to be a um a battle between Ahmed Hafnui uh, and uh, the Tunisian and Bobby Fink. Mm. Um, it, it, you know, they were, uh, they they took the lead from Sam Short at the one thousand meter mark, and then literally went stroke for stroke uh, for the rest of the of, of the race. The winning margin by Hafnui was just point zero five uh, of a second, uh, so that was the closest margin in the race ever and it was uh, actually closer uh, over 30 laps than cam mcavoy's 50 meter freestyle win over one over one lap uh and it's interesting because you know often with the 1500 meter races you know i'll pre prepare quite a few notes about all eight swimmers in the race because you know it's a long yeah it's a long 15 or 16 minutes for for a caller um, and it's just nice to have a few interesting bullet points about you know whoever it is. Um, none of that was was needed during during the call of this race because it was yeah. such uh, an an exciting race. So so yes, I was, was going to ask you, David. Sorry, I mean you're obviously uh, someone who's watched 
a lot of swimming and you know your, your history and you've, you've watched a lot of 1500s and um, typically, as you said, there's usually an outlier, someone who blows them away. If you look back to a Grand Hackett or, or whoever it might be, someone who just sort of kicks off and a Katie Ledecky in her field. But I have not seen some distance swimming, even in the 800 and the 15, that's been this close for quite some time and it's making it exciting it makes you sort of want to sit normally you know the 1500 they dive in and all right we'll go to a commercial break and we'll come back Mm. and i'll go get a cup of coffee and i'll come back in and all right is it heating up yet these races that i watched at at the world champs thanks to hafnewi bobby fink sam short they they, and and i think in in um, paris it's going to be even closer because sam's going to improve on that i I know what he's like and he's that 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 wouldn't have sat well with him how that all went down in the end and he'll go back and he'll calibrate and he'll work out how he can um, put himself in the frame to be in that picture at the end as well and obviously we've got some other fantastic swimmers around the world that are going to lift their game how exciting to 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 finally be able to sit down and watch a 1500 and not Mm. you, you can't get out of your chair you've got to watch what's happening as you said because it could change in in, in a split second. Uh, yeah, look, absolutely. Um, and and look, as as I said, he led he led un, until the one thousand meter mark. So we're all sort of starting to get excited to see if he could hang on, uh, hang on, and win in win the gold. Um, look, he eventually took the bronze medal um, to complete a full set of medals in Fukuoka, and he's only just nineteen. So yeah, you know, gold in the four hundred, silver in the eight hundred, and bronze in the fifteen hundred meter freestyle. But look, for me, all I wanted him to do was to win a win a medal and get right on the radar for the the race in Paris mm. uh, next year. And the reason is this: Sam Short, I think, can create a really interesting piece of Australian Olympic history in Paris. Uh, back in 1924, Andrew Boy Charlton won the men's 1,500-metre freestyle at the Paris Olympic Games. That was the second time the Games were held in Paris. Next year, uh, 100 years later, is the third time the Games will be held in Paris. And if Sam Short can win the men's 1,500-metre freestyle, like Andrew Boy Charlton did back in 1924, um, that will be the first time that Australia wins the same event 100 years apart at the Olympic Games. Wow. Uh, and I think that would be a phenomenal piece of history um, for um, for Sam Short if he can do that, not to put any any pressure on him at all. <laughs> no, no pressure from David <laughs> Clark or Smitto, mm. a Swido as they call him. Um, <laughs> no, he, yeah, he'll be, he'll be definitely eyeing uh, off being in that race uh, at the back end of it, that's for sure. Um, and as I said, yeah, I just can't remember watching 800s and 1500s uh, for a long time that came down to that touch, like 0.05. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, we, we talked about uh, the GOAT, uh, one of the GOATs of female sprinting, Sarah Showstrom. Uh, she won the 50 freestyle in, in dominant style. It was interesting watching the women's and the men's 50 freestyle both winners were dominant. Um, yes, they were. Cam, yeah. Cam probably a little bit more so, but um, as you said, it's funny, over 50 metres, you'd think throw a blanket over them and, and you, you've covered the field, but not not, not in these ones. Um, yeah, she was dominant. Shana Jack, obviously a silver medal, which was phenomenal for her. That was her first 
individual world championship medal after what she's been through um, and and the, the ups and the downs, those trials and tribulations, the, the, the tears that there would have been. I think she even mentioned on the coverage that she'd had a bit of a moment behind the scenes um, just to take it in what what she just mm. achieved um not not so that you know i'm sure she wanted a gold medal it doesn't really matter the color it's more so that uh ride she was on and that she never gave up she persisted not only did she persist she pushed and uh to have that moment um as someone from behind the scenes that you know was following that moment with her and having her on the podcast and knowing what she went through i was very very happy and proud for her to have that moment uh, I know Jenna Forrester is one of your favourite swimmers as well. Um, David, what, what did she uh, do on night eight? Yep, yep. So night eight, so yeah, Jenna, Jenna Forrester, she is one of my favourite swimmers. She uh, she swam three uh, events uh, in Fukuoka. Um, back of the trials, she set PBs in the 200 back, 200 IM and 400 IM. Set ones in the women's 400 metre individual medley on the last night uh, behind defending yeah, champion Summer McIntosh, uh, as well as Katie Grimes from the um, uh, from the US. So, look, I I, I think that was a terrific uh, performance uh, by by Jenna. Um, uh, we also won bronze in the men's four by one hundred meter uh, medley relay and uh, silver in the last event of the championships, which was the um, the women's four by one hundred meter uh, uh, medley relay as well. Um, just in the ladder, in the women's four by one hundred meter medley, that was our thirteenth consecutive trip to the podium in that event. So that stretches that uh, stretches way back to Perth uh, back in nineteen ninety eight. But also, it gave Emma McKeon, uh, who swam the butterfly leg, a twentieth world championship medal, mm. uh, which uh, e- eclipsed Grant Hackett um, as Australia's most decorated world championship medalist. So. She's now won 51 medals across Olympic Games, Commonwealth Games and the World Championships. Um, and, of course, she's Australia's leading competitor in, in all three, Australia's greatest Olympian, Commonwealth Games competitor, and now uh, at the World Championships. So um, uh, terrific uh, achievement by uh, Emma uh, uh, McKeon. Congratulations uh, to Emma. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, and uh, Kaylee McEwen uh, at the end of the night uh, of night eight was named the best female swimmer of the meet, uh, just the second Australian to win the title after Libby Lenton in Melbourne in two thousand and seven. Yeah, well, and well deserved. Fifty, the hundred, the two hundred. Um, obviously, with the relays uh, as well, with the mixed medley relay and the medley relay, um, she had a phenomenal meet. Kaylee, um, and I, I'm a big fan of her outlook too, David, and her, her positivity, her uh, her energy. She she takes things in her stride. She does her best, um, and she's phenomenal. Behind the scenes, she's fantastic too. I've had her on the podcast a couple of times. She's one of my favourite guests to have on. Um, also, obviously, David, you know, we, we talk about all these names and um, that you know, get up on the podiums and they, they get all the big accolades, but... There was a lot of um, unsung heroes, I think, from the Australian team behind the scenes as well. You know, we talk about the relays and people who are winning medals, but there's there's heat swims in the relays as well that these guys and girls are putting in big efforts, swimming PBs just to help their team get in and or get them a, 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 a lane four or a lane five finish. Um, who, who are some of the names that you wanted to, you know, kind of recognise as unsung heroes of the week that were putting in great performances maybe didn't get the same uh, front page headlines, but certainly were doing themselves and their country proud. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, there are a few. Look, well, I've just mentioned uh, Jenna, Jenna Forrester, uh, PB in all three events at the trials and then PB in, uh, in all three events at the World Champs. Um, Elizabeth uh, Deck, as we, we, we did mention earlier as well, silver in the 200 meter butterfly between Summer McIntosh, just turned 19, phenomenal talent. Um, uh, we also mentioned um, earlier Brad Woodward. Now, he set three PBs in his pet event, which is the 100 meter backstroke. Interestingly, none of them were in the individual event where he finished 13th. Um, they were all set in lead-off legs of either the mixed or men's 4 by 100 metre medley. So, um, so you know, well done to uh, Brad uh, Woodward in, in doing that. Um, but, look, two other swimmers, Brianna Throssell and Maddie Wilson, I wanted to mention. Brianna Throssell, her fifth world championships, uh, two gold and one silver, um, and she was part of the 4 by 200 metre freestyle world record in Fukuoka. She's now won 12 medals at the World Championships, uh, five gold, six silver, and one bronze. Um, and, of course, uh, Maddie Wilson, I mean, you know, what a workhorse of the, the Australian relay teams um, over the years. Three gold and one silver, all for heat swims in Fukuoka. She's now won 17 medals at the World Championships. So... So only um, only Grant Hackett and uh, Emma McKeon are in front of her. 16 of those 17 medals uh, have come in relays, um, eight of which are gold. And, of course, you know, multiple medals um, have been won uh, for heat swimmers, uh, but, uh, you know, heat, heat swimmers, you know, still make that contribution to the team. They still get it awarded a medal. And uh, I think, you know, I wouldn't say she's an unsung hero of the Australian swim team, but, but she's just, uh, you know, been a phenomenal part of it for um, over a decade. And I think if she uh, uh, can get selected onto the women's four by 100 metre freestyle uh, team for Paris next year uh, and win gold as part of that, uh, she'll be the first Australian swimmer to win four gold medals in the same event at the Olympic Games. Wow. Um, yeah, unsung hero, you know, may or may not be the right word, but Maddie Wilson, absolutely. Similar to Meg Harris, I think at times, you know, being involved with those relays, uh, not always the the bright lights or not always the headlines or not always the, you know, the one that the media want to go to to ask the questions. No offence, David, I know you're a part of the media, so I'm not I'm not, not, throwing, not throwing stones. But she's always there and, and she plays her role. She does her absolute best. She's always um, swimming, you know, really, really fast for the team and uh, she's a major part of, of that team's success over a long period of time. So congratulations to Maddie. Congratulations to all the Australian swim team. Um, and congratulations to Rowan Taylor. I shot him a t text message this week just to congratulate him on the, the outstanding success of the Australian team and uh, the team culture and, and obviously the the results uh, that have come through. It's all a large largely to do with him and his leadership and his coaching team around there and obviously the supporting staff behind the scenes. So uh, congratulations to everybody involved with the Australian swim team because um, it was certainly yeah a successful one and, and one that I think captured the uh, imagination of the Australian public, which is exciting, David, leading into Olympic Games in 12 months. Yep. Uh, no, thank you. Absolutely. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with, him, with you more. It's, uh, it was great, um, a great result for the Australian team. Uh, Rowan Taylor has, um, has been a, 
you know, a, a terrific coach um, over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, we all can't wait for Paris. Yes, Perry. I've just got to find a way to book my ticket, David. I've just got to find a way. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to be media. I'm going to get there. I'm going to be eating my croissants and um, getting around with a beret on my head or something. I don't know. I'm going to look stupid, but I'm going to do it. Um, now, finally, macadamias. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about, macadamias? What are we talking about, macadamias? Well, look, I just saw that, you know, this podcast we're talking about you know, uh, miracles, milestones, yes. uh, Molly. And I thought, well, look, I'll throw in macadamia nuts as well just for a bit of alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, as as, um, as 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 we talked about earlier, look, it was a great privilege uh, uh, to spend uh, eight days working with uh, Matt Thompson, uh, Ian Thorpe and, and Jeanne Rooney as well as uh, Ellie Cole. Um, look, um, it, it's interesting for me, look, uh, former uh, elite-level swimmers, uh, they can be investment bankers, photographers, university lecturers, um, you know, sports administrators, all sorts of uh, careers await, um, await, uh, await former um, former elite swimmers, even TV yeah. commentators. Now, our Thorpe, of course, does a lot of corporate and charity work. In fact, he's raised over $20 million for, uh, for charity, you know, over the last uh, 20 years or so. That's amazing. Gian Rooney and her husband, Sam, um, uh, sold their home on the Gold Coast a couple of years a couple of years ago and bought a macadamia nut farm uh, in northern New South Wales. So um, we all uh, learnt a lot about macadamia nut farming uh, yes. uh, during the week, which was um, was absolutely fascinating. And so I was just going to end with it with four facts about macadamias that you may not know or <laughs> your your, uh, or your good listeners. Yes. So macadamia I'm, glad we, I'm glad we're ending with this and we didn't, we didn't start with four facts <laughs> with macadamia. So um, uh, macadamia nut, this is what I learned from Jean this yeah, week. No, it's all right. It's just, I mean, Shannon ended yesterday with I'm going to get a haircut tomorrow, so I'm just trying to keep the, the listeners engaged. <laughs> so, yes, no, hit me in macadamia uh, Macadamia so they're indigenous <laughs> to Australia and native to northeastern uh, New South Wales. Mm-hmm. And named after a fellow called John McAdam. Okay. Uh, they're also grown in Hawaii and South Africa, uh, and they're toxic to dogs. So if you've got a dog, you don't Ooh. want to grow a, mac- yes. grow a macadamia tree. So that's what I learned about macadamia. <laughs> uh, and Gian is is, is a champion and, and ambassador uh, for the macadamia nut industry in Australia, and she's my favourite macadamia nut farmer. <laughs> she's she is wonderful, Gian. She uh, she loves living on the farm too. Um, yeah, as I said, I've had her on a couple of times, and she's fantastic to work with. Gian's one of the, the, the my, my favorite people to ask dumb questions to because this is what she'll do, right? So you could ask her anything, you know. Oh, what did you think of this? She'll go, "Great question. I'm really glad you asked, and I'm really excited to talk about it because." And then she takes you on this brilliant explanation of of what. And then in the end, you're like, shit, maybe I, I'm, I'm good at this stuff. And really, I'm not. She's just brilliant at, at answering um, things and making it sound like it was fantastic. So uh, love any time we get to have Gian on the podcast. And, that, uh, yeah, they did a great job on the commentary. Um, and as did you, mate, as I said, you know, behind the scenes, obviously, um, you know, for anyone who's listening, if you got to see some of those behind-the-scenes footage, sometimes the camera would um, peek into to Matt Thompson and the – the commentary team in their little studio there. And if you have it to have a look on their table, they've always got books and binders and things highlighted and all that sort of stuff. And I know that a lot of that stuff comes from you 
um, half the time when we do our podcasts here and I'm spitting out facts and sounding brilliantly intelligent, it's all because you've got your dot points here that you've sent me and um, and I like to just make it sound like I am that smart, but, you know, a lot of it comes from the stuff that you do. So congratulations on, on a, a great week um, of coverage of the swimming and, and the whole all the hard work that you've put in, mate, because um, certainly, as I said, came across on on the commentary and the broadcast really, really well. So tip of the hat to you. Uh, ab- absolute pleasure, um, uh, Robbie, and thank you for having me on. And, uh, and look, thank you for the work that you do with um, uh, your um, uh, Shannon Rollison podcast and Off the Blocks uh, podcast and um, and the profile uh, that it, it gives uh, swimming in Australia is, is terrific. And, uh, and uh, look, I'm an avid, avid listener of the, uh, the podcast uh, every, every week. And um, and you know can't wait to um, can't wait to listen to more and um, and hopefully you know we'll be back again when the um, when the opportunity arises to talk more swimming stats and facts. Oh, absolutely! Oh, no, definitely, David. You're definitely. I mean, if I could sign you to a contract, if I had Channel Nine type money, you'd be my official stats guru. That I wouldn't be. You know, we wouldn't be able to get you out. But yeah, unfortunately, you know. We just we we get paid uh, we get paid with sponsorship hats and shirts and fins and things like that. We can do. You, uh, do you need fins? I can get you some fins if you get back yeah, to, yeah. down to the look, local pool. <laughs> <laughs> look, I've heard how uh, how how great fins are. Um, mm. Look, uh, Shannon's probably, a big fan. But, but but by all means, by all means, uh, send me a t-shirt. And uh, next time uh, uh, I come on the podcast, I'll make sure I will wear the t-shirt. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll have to do that. But. Yeah, to all the listeners out there, thank you very much for joining us uh, again this week. Uh, hopefully you're leaving uh, this podcast a lot more informed uh, than you came in with it. That's the reason I love having David Clark on. It's not to rehash things we've already talked about. It's because David can give uh, a wonderful and different perspective on things and giving you the history and the milestones of it all, um, which, as I said, is always enlightening me and helping me with my professional development it was always something david that was spoken to me as a young coach coming through from a lot of the older coaches like a bill sweetenham that you need to know your history got to know your history of swimming and i always used to scoff secretly scoff not to their faces david i wouldn't be that disrespectful but i'd always behind this go ah what do i got to know the history for you know i'm coaching a 12 year old girl what do i need to know what the you know bloody swimmers were doing back in 1998 but the more I do the podcast and then the more I learn and the more I'm working on my professional development, which is why I love having you on the podcast because I'm always learning, uh, it is really important and it's fantastic to know the history of Australian swimming um, and we've touched on this before that not always is it done uh, as best as it can probably here by Swimming Australia and uh, some of the powers that be in terms of um, letting people know the history of swimming here in Australia. So anytime we can have you on the podcast, uh, to help enlighten um, our listeners and the you know the swimming uh, community, um, I love to do it. So thank you very much, Dave, for your time. To the listeners, again, thank you very much for joining us. Hope you loved it. Uh, we're back again next week. We've got some great guests coming back on Off the Block Swimming Podcast. It's back, baby. Um, we've got some um, fantastic guests, and I'm not going to spoil it, but. Uh, we've got some overseas guests, some US guests coming on. So that'll be interesting, David, to ask them about. Uh, the the results at World Champs and how those went. And um, we've also got some Australian swim team members coming on. Can't wait to bring all that to you. Thank you very much, David. Thank you to the listeners. Enjoy your weekend and we'll see you all next time.
Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC Fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck and there's a pair of DMC Fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC Fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC Fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code OFFTHEBLOCKS for a 10% discount at checkout. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you as always by ProSwim Workouts. Nico and the team at ProSwim Workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform, ProSwimWorkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming, in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to prosumeworkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to prosumeworkouts.com right now and let Nico know that Off The Block sent you. 